Welcome to the Hey Listen Games cast. This is episode 71, and I get to play host today. This is, of course, Nathan Wagner. And joined to me, joining me, excuse me, is the wonderful Rob Douglas. Rob, as you can see, we're off to a roaring start. <laughs> you know, it, it, just leave it to Nathan to just, you know, mix his words up in the first, like, 20 seconds of the episode. That's how we host. <laughs> Oh, yeah, just mix up your words and kind of reverse them, and I like it, especially in light of some of our news today. Yeah, that is a great segue. So, (laughs) as you might have guessed, the first topic on our agenda today is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, man. (laughs) a lot of news around this game. Um, Rob, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Alright, so basically there was a ton of backlash um, towards the game and EA itself for uh, microtransactions. The fact that it took, um, what is it, there's someone who calculated it out and it would take you about six months to unlock all the heroes in the game. And like everything, you know, was so hard to unlock and the, the leveling to unlock so even like your first hero was hundreds of hours. And EA basically was like, we're not going to stand down on this one. And then Disney called them and said, this is bad publicity. And EA pulled microtransactions the day before they released. Yeah. It was <laughs> it's kind of a nightmare. I didn't realize, like, I thought the microtransactions were basically just to, like, unlock heroes and stuff like that. I didn't realize that basically how it worked was you would gain a certain pay money to gain a certain number of credits to buy loot crates to get random drops like you couldn't even it wasn't like something like call of duty where you're kind of progressing through a gun system and so you might have a more powerful gun than someone else but that's because you earned it playing more time or whatever it is yeah that's what i was kind of thinking random like oh this gun uh you now have for this certain gun it does 20 percent more damage and even though i've played 10 hours more than you i haven't gotten that drop yet so you can kill me faster or something like that like it's so bad it's yeah it's so bad yeah so the entire progression system i feel like is messed up not just the not even just like the microtransactions i mean that's obviously Mm -hmm. the part people are mad about because they're trying to encourage people to spend money but the whole progression system is messed up so yeah it's it's really unfortunate because i mean we really love the star wars franchise and this is an interesting development especially on the tales of um visceral and their star wars single player game being closed down and here's this multiplayer make all the money type game that basically ea is pulling parts of it and shutting down parts of it because well they realized that the fans didn't actually want a full 100 percent multiplayer with stupid microtransactions yeah that's about right it's, it's pretty bad. <clears throat> well so what they've said is they're gonna pull it for now while they try and figure out how to make figure out how to make the microtransactions i guess more fair or make something I... that fans want I think as far as microtransactions are concerned, I don't know if they're going to make it back into the game. Like, that's going to be my bet, is because, you know, if you can't launch the game with the microtransactions, it seems like a really strange move to put them back in later in the time. As well as, I'm pretty sure they pulled it until Disney executives could come down and talk to them face-to-face. And I bet Disney executives are like, this is stupid, can it? Well... They said, they basically said they're going to pull them until they can figure out how to do it. I, it's EA, so I think they'll put them back in eventually. I think, obviously, this is partly Disney, but this is also, like, let us get a bunch of sales now over the holiday period and stuff like that. Like, sell 10 million copies. And then once everyone's bought it and stuff like that, we'll put them in, back in in some way later. So, I would be shocked if they but- didn't ever get turned back in, honestly. Turned do we really th- Do we really think they're going to make 10 million st- sales between now and the new year probably not between the new year the first so the first game sold 14 million copies i believe and i don't know yeah. what the like how long it took for that but so the first game sold crazy amounts and this is you know two years later and this is 
more and more people have these new consoles. More people have Xbox Ones and PS4s than people did two years ago. So, (laughs) but it's been a really bad backlash. Backlash, excuse me. Yeah. It's just kind of really frustrating because, you know, we love this series. We want to see Star Wars Battlefront do well. We love the original ones. And these last two... Like, the first one came out, and it had some things where, like, oh, this would be cool if it had, this would be cool if it had, but, you know, it kind of felt like testing the waters. And then this felt like they decided that they were going to turn their rowboat into a submarine. Yeah. I mean... With duct tape. I mean, it just doesn't feel like this is what this game should have been. Yeah, for sure. And I wonder how much this is EA just kind of testing the waters and being like, this is Star Wars, this is, like, the most popular IP um, you know, there's going to be more people playing this who aren't a super hard gamer and stuff like that, who don't buy a ton of other games. And how far can we go, basically, before we get this crazy backlash? And now we've seen that they can't go as far, at least not right now, they can't go as far as they did. So, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I really hope that they don't put microtransactions back into the game and that they release a patch sometime that basically makes the progression way better and easier to do and more fun for people who want to play the game and unlock heroes and play as these heroes and really enjoy the Star Wars experience rather than putting, like, I don't have the time in my life to put that much time into Battlefront 2 to unlock a hero. I will never unlock a hero in Battlefront 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, if they put the microtransactions back, if they put the microtransactions back in, you can just buy them, Rob. Yeah. yeah. What do you want? Because I have all that money sitting around. (laughs) So let us know your opinions on Battlefront 2 and EA and Disney and all this. Uh, Hit us up at our Twitter, at HeyListen underscore games. That's right. So next item here on the list is uh, NPD, which is kind of the the American research data company. Um, They track video games every month, and they release their list for October. And I thought it was really interesting because... It was kind of confusing because it said like Mar. It said Shadow of War is the number one selling game. Assassin's Creed Origins is the second best, and then Mario is number three. And then separately, and Nintendo announced they said NPD uh, charted that Mario is the best selling game of October. And so everyone was like, "Wait, what's going on? How is this possible?" Yeah. So basically, what happened is I guess Nintendo doesn't report digital sales to NPD. And so with digital sales, Mario was the best-selling game of October. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of the crazy thing about this was the fact that Mario came out on October 27th. So that's four days before the end of the month, and it was still the number one-selling game. Um, On a console that only has about 8 million players versus Assassin's Creed and Shadow of War, both on PS4, Xbox One, there's like 80 million of those combined out in the wild. Yeah. Well, and uh, Shadow of War kind of... That one was out early in october it's been out for most of the month assassin's creed origins again same story yeah it is on the other consoles pc and on um xbox one and ps4 but assassin's creed origins also came out on october 27th so the fact that these two games are in the top three mario and assassin's creed origins is pretty impressive yeah um considering they only got about four days run into october before it was over yeah, and I was really impressed by Assassin's Creed as well, but uh, Ubisoft had previously said that it sold twice as many copies as uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate in the opening week and stuff like that, so... <laughs> and I actually just picked it up this last week, and I kind of understand why, because it's really, really good. I'm really enjoying what I've played so far. Yeah, I'm going to pick it up this week also. Um, Black Friday sales for the win. Yeah, so rounding out... <laughs> the rest of the list number four was south park the fractured butthole number five was nba 2k18 number six was fifa 18 number seven wwe 2k18 uh number eight was madden uh number nine was destiny 2 and number 10 was forza motorsport 7 so that's interesting that almost you know five or six of the top 10 games are sports games yeah well i mean those are games that all being there's all those well, people who only buy maybe like three games a year, and it's like Call of Duty, Madden, and maybe FIFA or NBA or something like that. Yeah, so, well, and this is the time of the year where they all come out. They're all coming out around this time, you know, because we're in the seasons of sports and stuff. And um, 
Yeah, so it makes sense that a lot of those games are in there, but that's pretty cool that Assassin's Creed and Mario are at the top, and really impressive that for Mario being a Switch game with only so many copies of the Switch out there, it's up there at number one. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not all that surprising when I think about it, because, like, I went to the midnight or, like, 9 p.m. on the West Coast release of Mario to get the physical copy, and there was, like, I think 60 people there or something like that, and everyone was buying Mario. They were also starting to sell Assassin's Creed and uh, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein too. And everyone yeah. there was there for Mario. So makes sense. Makes sense. Yep. Alright. So we have a new game that launched today. It's uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, which is out on the <laughs> App Store and Google Play Store today. Um, so this is the finally like Nintendo's been talking about the Animal Crossing mobile game for I think two years or a year and a half or something like that um, yeah since they kind of announced their plan for all this stuff yeah yeah it got delayed for a while it came out today um rob have you had a chance to download this or check it out at all no i haven't yet i was actually thinking of doing that later today but we'll see i mean i'm not really a huge animal crossing yeah. uh fan i haven't played any of the other ones but i know you are you're yes. it yeah so i so how many it. how much time have you put into it so far today I actually haven't put a lot of time into it. Um, I had a oh, okay. day at work, so I played it maybe like 20 minutes this morning, but that's all I've put into it so far. It is um, it's really, really exciting for me. Um, one, uh, they did that direct about a month ago and kind of detailed what the game was going to be, what the features were going to be. It's pretty cool. Like You start out, you have your campground that you're kind of decorating out and inviting animals to come into, and then there's five or six other areas where you're doing kind of the traditional activities of Animal Crossing. So you can go, there's a place you can go fishing, there's a place you can catch bugs. Excuse me, I believe there's a place you can go and dig for fossils. There's one where you can go and collect fruit. Um, and kind of the cool thing that they've put in this game is um, there's all these animals and your goal is to try and make friends with these animals and invite them to come and live in your campsite. And in past, like in past Animal Crossing games, a lot of times you just kind of talk to them and sometimes they would ask you, like, hey, can you, I lost my uh, my piece of furniture. Can you go find my couch for me or something like that? Or, hey, I have this birthday present. Can you deliver it to someone for me? Um, How dumb do you have to be to lose your couch? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Animal Crossing, so there's some inconsistencies. True, true. Uh, no, so the cool part in this game is, like, you'll talk to someone and they'll be like, um, and you'll be like, hey, do you want to come live in my town? And they'll be like, hmm, I'll think about it, but first, can you give me this fish? And they'll, like, give you, they'll tell you what you want. You can look it up, like, this person wants this. And so if you catch that thing, you can go back and give it back to them. And then they'll be like, okay, I'm down to come and check out your campsite, but you need to have these things built there first. So, like, for example, uh, I think one of the first animals asks you for, like, a tool bench and a certain kind of couch and a couple other things. So it gives you kind of quests to work towards and gives you mm. tools to work towards, um, which is really cool. And that's, and also everything you're doing, um, the animals have like a friendship level now. And as you level yeah. them up, it gives you rewards. And the way you earn or get furniture and clothes and everything else in this game, um, instead of just buying it outright, you earn materials and then you can give it to this builder and he creates them for you. Um, so it kind of really changes up how Animal Crossing has worked. This is something yeah. that the series has needed for a really long time. Like, I loved Animal Crossing New Leaf, but it did kind of just feel like a bigger version of the last two or three Animal Crossing games. So, it's really fun. It's, I've really been enjoying it on my phone. Haven't put a ton of time into it, but it honestly makes me really excited. I have to think they're making a Switch version. And that game, I think, is going to be really, really cool if they bring in some of these... Um, changes and there's all these kind of rpg elements and the level of friendship mm. with different animals and stuff like that could be really cool yeah that's awesome it sounds like it's uh well worth checking out it's for it's free right yeah so it's free to download um there are microtransactions in this game so oh no you can pay, yeah so you can pay <laughs> um money i think to like uh speed up the time it takes for furniture to excuse me be made or um other things like that I, d I haven't looked i haven't played this game too much so i don't know exactly how they work but you can get everything in this game just by playing for free so that's nice yeah that that is nice and 
I hate it when games lock things out behind microtransactions. Like, you cannot progress in this game unless you do this transaction. So it's cool to hear of a game that you can progress the whole way through it without having to ever pay real money for it. Yeah, for sure. So excited to check it out. It's available on the Google Play Store and the App Store. Um, let us know what you think on Twitter. Uh, Rob, you want to take this next one? Yeah, so it was announced earlier this week um, that Marvel's Heroes will be shutting down uh, this service. It's a kind of an RPG, Marvel Comics and Disney uh, team up. They built this game where you get to play as different Marvel heroes in this RPG element type game. Um, it just launched on consoles not too long ago, like within this last year. But the game originally came out in 2013 and it's shutting down on December 31st of this year. Yeah, this is kind of sad to see. Um, I know Jeff played <clears> way more games of this than I did, but I played a little bit on PS4 and it launched. Um, I think it launched like in the spring or summer, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but it reminded me a little bit of like uh, uh, Ultimate Alliance, which came out like Xbox 360 and PS3 and stuff like that. Cause it was, like, which is super fun. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Diablo, but with Marvel Heroes. Yeah, and, isometric, like, top-down. Yeah, and... The way it worked before, you could get, like, at least one person for you to start, and then you could earn... You could either buy more heroes, or you could, like, earn credits to unlock more heroes and stuff like that. So, it was a lot yeah. of fun. Um, it's cool, but and it's sad to see this game is shutting down, because there is kind of a meaty, lengthy, even single-player campaign that doesn't really seem like it should require online. That's going to be yeah. forever when the servers get shut down. Yeah. Well, and people are outraged. I mean, there are people who bought it on the console or got it on the console for free. I mean, or got it, you know, and they wanted to, they bought like some characters or they unlock stuff in the game and they're demanding uh, refunds right now because basically you paid this money to buy this character and then the game gets shut down like a month later. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they're kind of in the right almost because they, you know, this game came out on consoles this year. They probably mm-hmm. expect me to be able to play this game for at least two or three years and put a lot of time into leveling up their characters and doing different yeah. things. So if they've spent this significant amount of money on it, I understand their frustrations. Well, it's kind of sad. It's crazy that it's shutting down. And I kind of wonder what caused them to really just so... Because they also... Um, I was reading, they also just released a DLC pack. Like... Or a new story pack, like, last month. Wow. So, so the, something changed. Did the, does, is, does Disney own the studio? Do you know the developer? Or was it just a partnership? I believe it's just a partnership, mostly because um, it is based out of Marvel, their studios, for the, because it's the Marvel characters. Yeah. But I don't remember what studio is actually the the head behind this but it is kind of i don't think they're one of the studios that's been you know that was really on the chopping block yeah that's crazy well uh, so I, I know i talked to jeff and he said it's actually right now you can jump in and because it's ending on december 31st like basically all the characters you can get for like super cheap experience points so you don't have to pay for anything so like if you want to jump in and check it out the last month, you can play with basically like any character and kind of have access to everything that you didn't have access to before without paying for it. Cause it's shutting down so soon. So that's kind of nice, but it is sad to see the service go offline. Yeah. I just looked it up. So it's gazillion entertainment. Um, and apparently Disney and Marvel have separated and ended their relationship with gazillion entertainment. So because the studio is being no longer, with Disney, that means that the game can't be continued to go. So there must have been something that happened between Gazillion and Disney. To yeah, like, so it's it's pretty crazy. Something. Yeah. So unfortunately, we're going to lose this new uh, kind of. It, it's a cool concept and it's really fun. So if you get a chance, you have uh, yeah, a console or you have a computer. It's on Steam as well. So check it out. Get a chance to jump in there. Maybe play a little bit get a taste of the glory before it disappears forever. Um, you know, so you can tell your kids you played Marvel Heroes. Exactly. I'm sure your kids, your grandkids will be dying to hear those stories one day. 
the story of the game that disappeared forever. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's the news. Yep, that's the news. It is Thanksgiving week here in the U.S., so we are celebrating Thanksgiving. And so to kind of celebrate that on the podcast this week, we want to talk a little bit about games we're thankful for. And I know we kind of addressed this topic in different ways, I think, throughout the last yeah or so since we started the podcast. Um, so I wanted to kind of just let's talk about games that have really impacted us in a positive way, um, whether that's through relationships or something outside of games. Um, kind of we'll give some reasons to why these games are really important. Important. Yeah. Us. So. Um, Rob, you want to start? Yeah, so I just wanted to start with, you know, um, Age of Empires 2. I've talked about it before on this the podcast. I mean, I, Age of Empires 2 and Assassin's Creed are kind of my uh, Mario and Donkey Kong to Jeff. Yeah. Um, I, I love Age of Empires 2, and I think for me, I just love the fact that it is a game that is so easy to jump into wherever I'm at play it for a little bit, step out. And I'm thankful that it's such an easy, it's such a fun, great concept, such a fun game to play. And it really is that ideal kind of time killer. And so having a game like that, you know, and I've played it with my brothers, I've played it with friends, I've played it with people I don't even know. It's the only multiplayer type game that I really enjoy. (laughs) That's really awesome. And the fact that you're still playing it, like, what, 18 years after it's been released? Yeah. And, you know, it's a new version and stuff like that, that they're updating and add, adding new content into and stuff like that. It's pretty but cool. it's still the same old game yeah, that, you know, I played back play in 1999 or 2000, yo, and been playing ever since. Yeah. Cool. All right. So my first one is actually a Wii Sports. And this is for a very specific reason, because... Um, I'm sure a lot of you experienced the Wii revolution back in 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nursing homes were getting these. <laughs> my actual, actually, my current boss told me he still like uses his Wii to like work out with the Wii. Uh, what, the like weight thing or whatever. Oh yeah, glad to see those are still getting used. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's just for like workout, which legitimate exercise. Thought was hilarious, but um, no. So Wii Sports actually was. I got my Wii, I think it was right after Christmas 2006. So it was like a little Mm. over a month after it came out. And the first game I got with it, it came with Wii Sports, obviously. And the reason I really enjoy it so much is because I played it with all of my siblings. Like, my siblings aren't super into gaming. Um, They kind of play a little bit casually and stuff like that. But my older sister has never really liked video games, kind of always made fun of me for playing them and enjoying them she got really into the golf game on Wii Sports. Oh, yeah. So we would, like, play competitive golf. Like, me and my uh, four of my siblings, we would all play competitive golf together. And it was a really cool way to connect with um, with my older sister and mm-hmm. for her to see, kind of a little bit understand, like, why I, why I enjoy video games so much, why I'm passionate about them. And yeah. It was just a cool way to connect with her and um, for her to connect with me and um, get to know something that I really care about. So... Yeah. Kind of why I'm really thankful for Wii Sports. Yeah. It's it's cool that they can make such a simple concept and make it so relatable to so many different people. Yeah. Well, and you know, that game was is the I think it's the best-selling game of all time because it, it was packing with the Wii obviously. But Yeah. You know, everyone started playing video games after that because because uh, it was so revolutionary. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for my second one, um, I'm actually, this is kind of cheating, but uh, Nintendo 64. So That's not a game, Rob, unless there's a secret Nintendo 64 game that I missed. Uh, there's a secret Nintendo 64 game. Uh, this is not technically a game, but I'm going to put it out there because I'm thinking like GoldenEye 007, I'm thinking Mario Kart, I'm thinking Super Smash Bros, I'm thinking uh, Mario Party, I'm thinking literally any multiplayer game on the 64, even down to like Banjo and Kazooie had a multiplayer mode that was pretty fun. You know, what I really am thankful for, you know, as far as like my family and my friends, 
I've spent more time playing that multiplayer than I think I have playing single player games on the 64. Um, I spent, you know, and these, these games were so much fun because they would bring us in, you know, we'd all be there, local multiplayer, four people sitting down on the same couch, all plugged into the same console, not having to do any online stuff, not having to do chat over Skype or anything like that. Like, we're all sitting there yelling at each other because some guy playing Wario just stole the star in Mario Party 2. I mean, like, these are the type of memories, like, even just pretty recently, my brothers were in town, and they brought their 64, so we sat down, and all four of us, we're all in our late, or, you know, mid to late 20s, are sitting here playing Mario Party 2, just being ridiculous, and having just a blast trying to beat each other at these stupid Mario Party minigames and stuff, and I'm just thankful that there's this entire console and it's an older console but it's this entire console that just brought people together i feel like it was one of the first like this is where people do local multiplayer yeah you know you sound like a really old man right now rob i I know right i'm like age of empires 2 1999 nintendo 64 96 um Depends on what you classify as this century. <laughs> no. no, just kidding. Um, no, the Nintendo 64, especially when it came out at the time, it was the first console to ever have four controller ports on it. Um, the PlayStation yeah. only had two. So that was a really crazy thing for the time to be able to sit around with, whether it was family or friends or whatever, whoever you're playing, yeah. you play four-player games all together without like doing some crazy PC, like running ethernet cables in between a bunch of pcs or something like that which i mean we've i've done that before and it's fun but it's fun that you all are sharing the split screen cheating on mario kart you know yes we endorse uh screen looking on this podcast yeah 64 was all about screen cheating james bond go golden eye 007 it's there we all did it i'm gonna tell jeff that's the secret to uh you beating him (laughs) and <laughs> now that's just because he's awful at that game <laughs> <laughs> love you jeff you gonna trash jeff on the podcast when he's not here yeah. <laughs> um so my second that's game... mostly that's yeah. mostly because nathan and i are so real we're awful at video games and anything that we can actually beat jeff at where we gotta carry it for the all of time that is true yes. so my <laughs> your second game, game couldn't pick like one so i i picked the madden series mm. and this is kind of similar to my uh to wii sports is because the first video game that i really really got onto i remember was uh playing madden on actually on the computer and i i had played like a bunch of other kind of computer games and stuff like that like reader rabbit um putt putt uh all those like kind of edu- edutainment games and stuff like that yeah but um Madden was, we were at the store, and my dad was like, um, I was really into football, and my dad kind of, he was into it as well. So he was like, oh, Nathan, we should get this Madden game. We can play football against each other. And so we got it, and then I played Madden against my dad. Like, Madden is still a tradition I play with my dad today. He doesn't play any other video games. Like, he doesn't really care about video games at all. But mm-hmm. even as recently as this last summer when he was uh, here visiting me, we played Madden together. And I got my butt handed to me my by my dad which was kind of embarrassing because i think that's the first time i've ever lost but uh it's just a really cool uh connection point i have with my dad Mm -hmm. so that's really neat and i really like i know we bash madden a lot and stuff like that but i think it's a good series it's they do a really good job with the simulation everything and obviously they don't really do enough updates every year so i tend to buy like it every other year every two years or something like that but yeah um a special series for sure makes sense yeah that's kind of you know nathan and i you and i both play a lot of nba 2k together and so we both have that that's that connection but it's cool that you can have that connection with your dad you know who a a lot for a lot of us our parents don't necessarily play video games we're going to be the the first real generation of parents that play video games yeah you know that are you know as hardcore i mean there was the big time gaming nerds back in the day but we're kind of the first generation with dads you know us and just a little bit older than us who are playing video games and we'll be playing video games with their kids um but to have a game that you and your dad play is pretty cool um for my third game 
quote. <laughs> um, I am going to talk about Assassin's Creed. Of course. Because I have to. Um, I guess the thing for me is Assassin's Creed was that game that really kind of exploded my love for video games. I liked playing games, but I was super casual before that. Like I said, only playing really Age of Empires or 64, some other games that were kind of just more for friends. And Assassin's Creed is the first game that I played that got me into, like, single-player playing video games, you know, to enjoy stories, as well as playing video games just to do stress reliever, essentially. Like, drop out of the world for a little bit and enjoy stabbing people while diving off of buildings. I mean, you know, the the finer things of life. But I'm just thankful that, like, there's a series that, no matter how bad the games have been sometimes i get excited about it every time i put a lot of time into it i enjoy doing that it's just something that i enjoy doing to get rid of stress and all and i've put way too much time into assassin's creed games as jeff and nathan will tell you (laughs) so and here i am you know literally this week my black friday like goal is to buy the next assassin's creed game (laughs) as we've talked about on the podcast before I'm a secret Assassin's Creed fan, so I can't fault yep. too much. But it is really yep. cool that you have that special connection with that series and that, you know, you know, no matter how bad or, you know, what the reviews are and stuff like that, you're still going to give give that game a chance and check it out and probably even have fun with it, even if it's not technically, like, a really good game by yeah. reviewer standards or whatever um, because of your love and appreciation. So that's really cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, my final one is uh, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, actually. And <laughs> guilty pleasure right here, gentlemen. <laughs> yes, guilty pleasure for sure. Hey, I've only bought it twice so far, although it did just come out on the Switch, and I'm really tempted to buy it a third time. So, <laughs> But I've only bought it twice so far. But the reason I love Skyrim so much is because um, I think we've probably all gone through the time period in our lives, but like when I was in high school, especially in my, like my junior senior of high school, I just kind of stopped playing video games, and it was because it was kind of a combination of reasons. I was in high school, I was like, uh, kind of outgrew video games. I was into other things. I was really focused on yeah. basketball at the time, and uh, kind of just hanging out with friends. And and I also like I had a Wii in like 2009, 2010, um, which is when I was in high school. Um, Nintendo had kind of stopped releasing they released i played like super mario galaxy and metroid prime 3 and stuff like that but they weren't releasing as many really fun games at that point and i didn't have anything else so i just stopped playing games and then uh 2000 fall of 2010 i went to college and got put in a dorm with a bunch of people who really like video games so i kind of started getting back into it and then in 2011 i bought a ps3 and then skyrim came out and like almost everyone in my life was playing this game and I gotta get the same so i bought it and not only did i have a ton of fun like just exploring skyrim there's so many different things you can do in the game so many really interesting stories you can play that game however you want you can be super powerful you can be like Mm -hmm. an assassin if you want to be like super rpg you can just like try and play that game as a farmer and not actually kill anyone or anything like that which is really cool but the connections i made playing that game because everyone was talking about it be like oh i found this in this part of uh the world have you done that quest yet or have you joined the the mages college yet um yeah um, so connecting with people basically for like six months and talking about that game uh it's a really cool um it's a really cool moment in video games it's, um, it kind of happened with breath of the wild earlier this year we talked about that a little bit and yeah that's kind of you know i love video games but i really love connecting with other people and sharing that love and experience with other people and that's mm-hmm. that skyrim i can't think of another game that did that more yeah it's cool that you know we can have these games that really connect us with other people or you know that we can be thankful for that time that we get to spend with other people because these games have really brought us into you know this this connection with other people but it's also cool that we can have these games that are just like kind of our guilty pleasures the games that just suck us into these worlds they're just incredible and like here's like 
I got to play through this game. I got to keep going. I got to, you know, and like the fact that there's this medium of entertainment video games that we can enjoy, put time into. It can be a stress reliever. It can be a connection with other people. It can just be something for ourselves. It's so cool and so great that it has such a diversity here in this industry. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like you said, it's super addicting. Like, so I wanted the the Switch version, and I was like, I don't need to buy the Switch version. I didn't even put a ton of time into the PS4 version that yeah. I last year. So I started playing it on my PS4 again. And I was like, oh, I'll play like 30 minutes. And then it was like two and a half hours later, and I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, whoops. So <laughs> even, you know, it came out in 2011. So it's six years after. Um, that game still holds up, and it's a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Cool. So those are some of the games that we are thankful for. Hit us up on Twitter at Kalison underscore games. Let us know what, what you're thankful for. Um, and uh, whether it's people or games that have really impacted you, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. So, of course, the uh, best thing about Thanksgiving is not th- being thankful, but uh, the day after, Black Friday. <laughs> Rob, you were already saying you have your list down. You know what you want to get this day. So just 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 for the listeners, we do actually appreciate Thanksgiving. We are not totally consumerist, heartless people who are just like it's all about Black Friday. But I mean, let's be honest, Black Friday's become a huge part of this holiday. So yeah, it has, especially in America, where it's just like ah, let's just spend all of our money. Well, I guess Thanksgiving is kind of different in America because you know. Yeah. Anyways. But anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. So Black Friday, I thought I started thinking about um, I don't know about you, Rob, but I know for me, I really enjoy like I love getting good deals. And so oh, yeah. sometimes I'll be like, "Ooh, it's on sale. I should get it. And I'll like buy something and then I'll be like, wait, why did I even buy that in the first place? Yep. So I started thinking about it. Do you have any Black Friday regrets, like whether it's like video game consoles or video games or it could even be something else like, I don't know, a vacuum or something like that that you regret yeah. buying? Black Friday. <laughs> well, I mean, if you guys know, you've, you've kind of followed a little bit of the podcast, you know that I like to buy stuff on deals just in general. I'm a video game deal hunter, essentially. And so I always know when video games are on sale and stuff. And so Black Friday is kind of no exception. And the last few years have been very specific with how I do Black Friday because I'm kind of going in with this idea of, okay, this is a game that I know I want and I know where I can get it on sale. And so, you know, I kind of been a little bit more strategic because in the past I have just been the, I spent 50 bucks on games that I don't play anymore. So actually, I'm going to give out a shout out. This is kind of one of my Black Friday regrets is games that I have bought that I have not played yet. Fallout 4, I bought it. Um, I actually bought it last year and I haven't put any time into it, mostly because I didn't finish Fallout 3 yet, which Rob, it is I should a year do that. Later, also... I think your goal at the start of this year was to finish Fallout 3. There's yep. a podcast. So you've got a month and change to do that. Yep. So, and Assassin's Creed Origins. So that may not happen. Yeah. Um, but I also bought, uh, a couple of years ago, I bought L.A. Noir and Red Dead Redemption um, on Xbox 360. And I was super excited about these, and I bought them, and then I never, I played like 20 minutes of L.A. Noir, and I never even installed Red Dead Redemption until actually more recently, because I had another game that I was playing, I don't even remember what it was, probably Assassin's Creed, Um, and then ended up the next year was when I bought a PS4. So then I was like, oh, well, now I have a new system and why well, go back to the 360? So those are some of the games that I've paid for on Black Friday on great deals that are still sitting on my shelf. Fortunately, not still saran wrapped, yeah. but close enough. <laughs> well, and I know for me, like, it's not that I don't play them because I tend to be the person who's like, ooh, that's shiny. It's new. I want to play it, even though I have all these yeah. other things that I'm playing. But for me, it's more that I see a game and I'm like, oh, that kind of looks interesting. And then people start talking it up. And I'm like, oh, maybe even though I don't think it's really my style, maybe I should check it out. And so one of the games that uh, reminds me of that is The Last of Us. Um, Last of Us came mm-hmm. out in 2013 during the summer 
and you know all these people were talking about how good it was what a great story it had um the mechanics rob i know you really love this game i think it has a great story um two things about me one i hate zombie games i hate zombies in general like they're just they kind of scare me i kind of was zombied out um like before the big zombie craze happened so Mm. um but i was like uh last of us was on sale i think for 25 or 30 bucks on black friday that year i was like "Eh, what the heck i'll pick it up and check it out so i bought it um i did play about three or four hours of it and at first i kind of was enjoying it the story was interesting but it kind of got the point where i didn't really like the resource management maybe I, i don't think i was good enough at the game and i wasn't really enjoying what i was playing so i kind of put it down and now my ps3 has died so i don't think i'll ever go back and play that game Hmm. so that's one where i kind of knew that eh, i probably shouldn't spend money on it it's not a game for me and black friday was like oh what the heck i'll spend money on it and so yeah that that would be a regret of mine yeah i um my other regret you know one of the ones i was thinking about is assassin's creed unity and you guys are like wait rob you're an assassin's creed fan how can you say you regret buying an assassin's creed game i like some of the concepts and the core parts of the game but unfortunately assassin's creed unity was kind of one of those games that was it's kind of a terrible overall it wasn't the best it's actually probably one of the worst assassin's creed games and I just, you know, bought it because I was like, oh, I just got a PS4, so I'll buy all the Assassin's Creed games, and I'll buy all the games, and bought Assassin's Creed Unity and finished it, and then kind of sat there and went, huh. Well, good thing I have Assassin's Creed Syndicate to now jump into. Because <laughs> it just was... Do you regret, like, playing Assassin's Creed Unity? I don't regret playing it. I just think that, you know... it as far as like black Friday, you know, you're kind of trying to get the best deal on games that you know, you'll enjoy. And I didn't enjoy it super well. It wasn't my favorite. And so like buy it, you know, you get super hyped about games. You're like, Oh my gosh, it's going to be on such a good deal. And then you buy it and you play it and you're like, that wasn't my favorite. And that's kind of how Assassin's Creed unity was for me. I paid it. I bought it on black Friday. I was like, this is going to be great got a super good deal and then you play it and you go wow it was a lot more disappointing than i thought it would be (laughs) wow well that is a first uh assassin's creed well not disappointing you but you know regret i guess i mean if i'm if i'm going to put assassin's creed unity on a list uh it would be closer to the bottom of the worst assassin's creed games out there but you know i I definitely agree with you i play i don't regret the assassin's creed experience they actually had some cool core gameplay elements in Assassin's Creed Unity, but it wasn't. It was not worth getting so excited about. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think my number one most regretted Black Friday purchase was actually last year, because last year, um, in my opinion, like I didn't think 2016 was a great year for games. Um, by Black Friday last year, I'd kind of bought or had everything that I thought I wanted. Yeah. So. I went to Black Friday, I was like, I'm not going to buy any video games, I don't need anything, this is good. And I went out Black Friday shopping with a couple friends, and I was like, oh, I'll just go along and hang out and stuff like that, it'll be fun. And I went out, and I was like, this is going to be the first Black Friday I haven't bought something in, like, probably six, seven years or something like that, i got to buy something. So I started looking, I was like, well, Fallout 4 is on sale, a lot of people <laughs> really like that. Um, I like skyrim a lot it's made by the same people but it's in a different you know post-apocalyptic world and a lot of people have recommended it to me so i was like okay i guess i'll buy it and i didn't buy it i was like no i don't need it i left and then later that day i was like okay i need to buy something so i went back to the store and bought it um which that's never a good sign nope and I desperation like, yeah exactly i played it for like three hours uh, I was I didn't really like the combat of it. I I just don't really like that setting, like kind of post yeah. Fallout setting. It's just not really my cup of tea. So, um, I played it for like three hours. Was like, yeah, this is why I shouldn't have bought this game, and I haven't gone back to it. And I still have it, obviously, but mm-hmm. I don't really see myself going back <laughs> and playing it anytime soon, especially with everything that's come out this year. 
that I want to Yeah. Play. Makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, we both have Fallout 4 on our uh, black. Yeah. But for different reasons. Yeah, I mean, mine was, reasons. you know. But you, you, you will actually enjoy that game. I, I will, but, you know, part of the thing about Black Friday and sales in general is that you buy all these games, and more often than not, they end up on the shelf of, I'm going to play that someday. Yeah, and with how many games keep coming out, and how many games keep coming out, I mean, there's some games that I look at my list and go, I don't know if I'll ever get to this one. Yeah. So, you know, be careful out there when you're shopping for Black Friday. That's what you want to yeah. do. Good for you if you have the money. That's awesome, but... Make sure you uh, are going to get enjoyment out, out of what you're spending your money on. Because uh, I know I've had some regrets in my in the past. But, uh, this but year, you know... This year, I already have done some of my Black Friday shopping. Um, mm. And that's uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, this game went on sale on the PlayStation Store. Uh, it went on sale early for PS Plus members last last Friday. And it was 40 bucks, yeah. And I had a $20 gift card in my PSN store. So I was like... You know, I really wanted to get this game for Black Friday. That's been one of the ones that was on my list. So I went ahead and pulled the trigger, bought it, started playing it. Rob, this game is really, really good. Like, So excited. I was excited because I really liked the changes it looked like they were doing. Um, it's really cool. Um, some of the things I really appreciate about it so far is that it's like full RPG now. Um, you have... Uh, all these different levels and each um, you're leveling up your experience through finding different locations meeting people and then there's all these different quests you can do and like fully fleshed out side quests I don't remember if there was in the past but these ones it says side quests there's a little tracker and um, obviously they're ones for different levels but each side quest has an interesting story to tell interesting characters and it's really, really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. That's going to be... Um, so this Friday, this Black Friday, is that's my purchase that I'm really going into looking for is uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm trying to get the best deal on it. Um, already got permission from my wife to spend the money on the game, so... <laughs> yeah, that's a good start to have. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm about five hours into it. I kind of just got to Alexandria, which is... Kind of the first major city you you start out kind of in this um in uh bayek he's the main character his hometown and you can kind of run around that but it's not fully open world and then after the intro is pretty long but after that you get out oh yeah good traditional tutorial type opening yeah yeah don't give you a big world to run around in but just big enough that you're like wow 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 and then they show you the huge area and you're like what yeah um yeah there's other thing i really like about so far is the other assassin's creed there was always all these like these little notes you had to run around and pick it up and they would whatever kind of map. yeah um i haven't collectibles seen, yeah exactly i haven't seen a ton of those so far so i really appreciate that because in the past at least they didn't really do anything except give you a little extra bite of story and i always felt like it was more of a chore than fun so yeah yeah and the story is super in super interesting um it kind of drops you right in the middle of something and then you slowly learn what's going on and it's really compelling so far so that's uh, good that's one of the things i've been playing uh the other game i've been playing is uh and we'll talk more about this next week but uh it'll do two which is on the switch this is an indie game um it's a sequel to it'll do which was um released i think it was in 2013 uh this game is out on came out on steam last year and it came out on the switch just uh november 14th um Mm. but this game it's like a uh top-down zelda game basically it's inspired i think you know by um it reminds me a lot of the actual original zelda game on the nes because there's basically eight um pieces of a raft that you're trying to get and each piece of a raft is somewhere in a dungeon scattered around this island you basically go around this island trying to complete these dungeons to get pieces of the raft there's all these little rooms that you can go or caves you can go into as well and those will give you little upgrades to upgrade your character and stuff like that um this game is pretty fun it's my complaints about it are one the combat is it's just kind of hard like you have this really short sword and a lot of enemies take a lot of damage so it doesn't work very well 
Mm. And then the second thing is the art style is kind of like has an interesting art style. It's kind of like Cartoon Network's um, like Adventure Time or something like that. Which oh, really, very modern. Yeah, very very modern. There's a lot of kind of weird shaped monsters and stuff like that. Um, the writing in it is kind of funny. Like your character is very sassy, and you're accompanied by like a fox that just kind of makes fun of everything. So there's mm. some some witty writing in it, but I'm enjoying it so far. It's on the Switch eShop for thirty dollars, which I think is a little bit expensive. Um, this is another uh, yeah game. The publisher is Nicholas, which um, they've been doing these uh, these indie game um, retail releases, and so it's thirty dollars because the retail is thirty, and the retail comes with like a cool map, and I believe there's a uh, a pin in there as well. Um, so I appreciate. Oh, uh, okay. But I think this game should be more like twenty. Um, yeah, it's twenty dollars on the Steam um, store, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a better price point for this game. Um, I haven't finished yet. I think I'm a little over halfway through, but I'll give more impressions next week. Also, I'd like to point out how old that makes us seem. You know, we're like, this has an art style of what's that called? Adventure time. <laughs> so I'm like, go back to like Johnny Bravo and Dexter's Laboratory. Right? Yeah. Uh, that might show you guys a little bit of how old we are. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, you know... That makes sense. It sounds like it'd be a, at least an interesting game to play through a little bit, but maybe not necessarily a top favorite. Yeah, yeah. For me, if it was me, um, I'd probably wait for a little bit of a price drop on this one. Yeah. Um, playing, Rob? So, I've been continuing my Horizon Zero Dawn uh, adventures. Um, getting really close to finishing the game, I don't have too much left, but I did want to say I hit level 50 the other day. So isn't that the max level you can get? That is the max level you can get. So have you like done like every side quest in this game? Like almost. Okay. And you're gonna clear everything before you go kinda go and do the final mission? Yeah, pretty much. Um I think I have a few more story missions to do. I I don't think I'm super I think I have like maybe five or six more. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure where the progression is. I haven't really looked too much into it. But um, the side quests, I know there's probably like one or two more, and then there's like a few more other little things to do. But other than that, I've pretty much done everything. Unlocked some of the best weapons and pretty leveled out. Like the other day, I faced one of the the one of the most large robots in the world. A thunder jaw. Oh yeah. And it was like the it's like a special um boss is called Red Maw, which is part of a, a bigger quest with the Hunter's Lodge in the main city in Horizon Zero Dawn. And I didn't even lose I didn't even really have to, I used like one potion the whole time. Just dropped him. And he's supposed to be like one of these bosses in the game. And just was like, oh, that was easy. So you are overleveled for everything. It's awesome. <laughs> well, if you well, and I think, them, yeah, obviously. I think you know, I, I've said this in the past. I play video games. I've kind of come to a point in my life where I feel like I just need to play games on easy. Uh-huh. And so I play on lower difficulty levels. I'm not quite on Horizon Zero Dawn. There's a sto- there's a story level type difficulty which is which basically combat's not really there and i'm one up from that okay so i think i'm on normal difficulty because i think it's the story mode and then normal um but i just realized that if i want to enjoy the story i don't want to spend all this time getting my butt dark sold yeah yeah for sure so um it, it takes a lot of reconciliation and maturity within yourself to realize that so good job yep Rob. Thank you, thank you. Um, I also played uh, the next games in my Steam library. I played Beat Hazard, which is kind of like a... It reminds me a lot of Geometry Wars, kind of that top-down, super bright light shooter type thing, like Asteroids meets Geometry Wars. And I played it for about... I I made the challenge, I said I would play for 20 minutes in every game. I made it into five minutes into this game before I had to close it. 
Because the way the lights and the music were in this game, it was just like, I felt like my sensory, like, was just, like, overloaded. Like, I had to, like, walk away from my computer for a while after I played this game because I just felt like I was seeing, like, spots from how, like, just, like, strobish, like, insane lights everywhere. It was just not a fun experience. So, do you, do you think you're going to get to the end of B by the end of 2017? That's my goal. The goal was D originally. Now, Yep, I changed the goal. It's now B. Okay. <laughs> I have maybe like six more games to play. You'll have to keep us updated. All so right. we'll see how that goes. Um, and then also I played Telltale Batman, um, which... I thought it didn't work on your computer. Yeah, but I hadn't had a chance to talk about it on the show. We keep skipping over what we've been playing, so I yeah. figured I'd mention this here. So basically, I went on, I played, I installed it, I started playing it. I'm really, really loving the idea, the concept, the direction. It sounds super fun. Oh my goodness, I was excited. Kept glitching. Kept going, like, stop motion, freezing everywhere. Yeah. And then, like, you know, you do the quick time events. And it would be the game would be moving so slow that when I clicked, it would actually register my clicks and my button presses a few seconds after I was supposed to press them. So not only was I not beating the cutscenes, I was losing and getting and having to restart sections of the game over and over and over again because my computer was just too slow. So I basically I quit and uninstalled because. I don't have a computer that can run the game. That's sad to hear. But it is on PS4. I think it's you can probably get it pretty cheap um, on yeah. these days. Uh, that is the only Telltale game I have played all the way through on my own. Um, it's really, really good. So Yeah, I was really excited about it, and I really wanted to play it. So if any uh, rich uh, listeners are out there want to donate a, a gaming <laughs> computer to Rob, I'm more than willing to take one. Um Take one for the team so I can give you better video game reviews. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. You want to give out your credit card information and social security? Yeah, yeah. let me uh, give out all my information so you guys can hack me. Cool. Um, so that's what I've been playing this this week. Sweet. Sounds good. Well, uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you in the U.S. Hope you have an awesome Thanksgiving and maybe get some good deals on video games on Black Friday. Uh, we are going to leave you today with the uh, main theme from the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Uh, oh, really quickly. Sure. Game of the year. Oh my goodness, I totally forgot about this. Yeah, so, so we did our gamies last week. Um, be sure to go back, check that out, listen to our opinions on what we think some of the best games are of 2017 and how we kind of read it out with 2017 is probably one of the top five years in video game history um but we also did a vote on twitter uh, mario odyssey versus zelda breath of the wild yeah we couldn't decide between the two so we're like we gotta let the people decide let us know yeah and i believe it was like 60 or 70 people voted yeah i think there was i think it was about almost 70 people voted in our poll so that was awesome which is awesome thank you guys so much for jumping in there and being able to throw your opinions there and it was close so i'm happy to say that the legend of zelda breath of the wild won our game of the year 50 the final vote i think was 52 percent and mario 52 to 48 so uh that is completely honest jeff i know you're not on the podcast this week but zelda won um so thank you to all my zelda supporters out there I know you listened to my arguments, so I'm we're convinced. And I, um, I promised last week on the show if enough people voted that I would actually share which one I thought was game of the year. Oh yeah. And I was kind of thinking like, hey, if like ten, five, maybe ten people vote, and then like seventy people voted, like, well, now I have to share what I thought. I believe that Zelda Breath of the Wild was the better of the two, mostly because it seemed like it went into uncharted territory for a Zelda series and went in ways that uh, Super Mario, while it had some additions, felt very similar to the platforming games that we all learn to love, which is not bad because yeah, Mario should be Mario needs to be consistent. It's a beautiful, great game, but I do believe in my heart that Zelda Breath of the Wild deserves this award. Just a little bit more. Like that, I would say like 49 to 51%. Cool. I, so. I totally agree. So. 
<laughs> so we'll get, the the we'll get the backlash from Jeff chosen next week. by you, the people. Yep. So right. thank you once again for tuning in and for voting. We really appreciate all your support. Yeah, exactly. So enjoy Skyrim and, uh, you know, maybe it's $15 this Black Friday on uh, PS4 and Xbox One. So maybe pick it up. Check it out. Right. Have a good week. See ya.